Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Question on the text page uh, about the Pro Bowl. Uh, someone's asking on here, uh, where is it? Uh, basically asking, hey, um, if one of these guys goes to the Super Bowl, for those who don't know, C.J. Stroud was named an alternate to the Pro Bowl yesterday. Um, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungavailoa, and Mahomes are taking the three slots for quarterbacks in the AFC. If one of them can't go to the... If one of them goes to the Super Bowl, one of those three guys, the starters, goes to the Super Bowl, is CJ the next man up? He is the second man up after that. There's somebody in between. I'm guessing Josh Allen is probably the first alternate, if I had to guess. The Texans press release only lists where the Texans sit on the alternate list. CJ's the second alternate. If I had to guess, Josh Allen is probably the first alternate. I don't think the question is as much if somebody goes to the Super Bowl. It's um, if people decide to go to the actual Pro Bowl, right? Isn't that the bigger question? There are, or if, they got, if they've been more successful in getting people to go now that they've... Uh, now, like, now there's not an actual bit. game? Yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't know. Do you guys still go? Because for those who don't know, there's no Pro Bowl game anymore. They just they, you know, they have a bunch of contests and play a flag football game. It's like getting like invited to a... To, it's a family reunion. It is. It's getting invited. Uh, you, you get like invited a to a picnic, picnic or yeah. something. Yeah. You're going to do a three-legged race, <laughs> and and you get to go to Orlando. I mean, like, uh, not a lot of NFL players. You're not going to turn down that chance to go to Orlando. That's a once in a lifetime deal, man. Oh, Orlando, yeah, yeah. In January, yeah. I mean, where else are you going to get an opportunity like that? I think though, I think they did it in Vegas last year. If I'm not mistaken, I'd have to look it up. This now, year, it's in Orlando. Though. Is it in Orlando? Okay. I thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was in Vegas last year. Okay. I thought it was. I'm, I may be wrong on that. I. Uh, I, you got a better chance of getting NFL guys to attend if it's in Vegas instead of Orlando. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless they have families, and then the families can just hit Disney all day long. It returns to Camping World Stadium this okay. year. Okay. That's Orlando, right? It sounds like it would be in Orlando. I don't know. <laughs> sounds like it'd be. Just, sounds like it'd be in Butte, Montana. Camping is, I mean, World you know Stadium. You know what I'm pissed off about now? Well, yeah, this is the Florida Citrus Sports website. So, but I'm That's pissed Orlando. that. I'm looking at the front page of this thing, and all it says is information. The date, February 4th. Location, Camping World Stadium. Okay. Like, I'm supposed to know where the hell Camping World Stadium is. I'm mad, is. too. I'm mad at that, too. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Come on, NFL. Oh, oh, Camping World Stadium. Oh, I see. The legendary, hallowed place where the immortals have been made. Camping World <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> Camping World was effective that year. They, they do the baseball playoffs they've done it a few times haven't they and like it the it's enough talk about the effectiveness of advertising it feels like every november i'm thinking about buying an rv mostly because i've been watching the mlb playoffs uh, for for an entire month okay yeah. you've been watching it closer than me i have no clue what you're talking about camping world has been a big sponsor of the major league baseball playoffs the last few years in my brain it has been <laughs> I was yeah gonna say I, yeah no i just haven't i haven't it's enough because it's actually rvs i think uh, camping world it's not it's not like a, oh uh, i think you're it's right not like a campground thing right or right or like that. tents and and, and uh, supplies and things like that they may have that stuff too um, mlb signs camping world sponsorship ahead of such and such uh, that was in 2020 so okay. yeah that's why i've been getting i've been getting this this rv propaganda okay i don't know if they did it last year i know they you know it's funny is camping world signed that in 2020 and then i i know like that was also like during yeah. the pandemic like RV sales exploded. Like they could, they didn't have enough RVs yeah. to sell. Yeah. So maybe they don't need to advertise as camping much sucks, bro. Camping, like not actual, in a camper, it doesn't. In an RV, in a good RV, I guess it's it's probably pretty good. But like actual camping, like that got me to quit like Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts when I was a kid. Like it, I was like, nope. 
not doing this you know, thing, not, not doing this tent thing and whatnot you know for two days. the biggest problem is, is the tent itself. Yeah. I think, honestly, more people would enjoy camping if they slept out in the open because the, the tent gets just so freaking hot. Yeah, see, I'd There's be... There's no, like, it gets miserable inside I'd be nervous about getting mauled by something if I were sleeping the time, out in the open. The last time I slept out in the open was my dad uh, decided <laughs> we were going to go sleep in a, in a cornfield one day. He said it was awesome that he and his brother used to do it. So we went and we slept in one of my grandpa's cornfields. And? And I woke up with like 400,000 spider bites in the morning, which was awesome. And so, yeah, I would say like if you're going to sleep out in the open air, you got to either be in an arid climate or have a mosquito or a bug net of some sort. That was yeah. just such a piss poor take by me right now. Like I wouldn't want to sleep out in the open because I wouldn't want to get mauled by something as if some nylon tent would be a deterrent to a grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah, then, he's just, yeah the, then the bear's just curious. Like what right. smells so tasty yeah, in there? What's in here? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, Texans and Colts, 7.15 p.m. Uh, Saturday night. Going to be fun. Anxious to see. I actually put up a poll yesterday. Like, how are you guys watching this game? You going out about town at a sports bar? You getting watch parties? I'll, I'll, I'll share the results in just a little bit. But the four, Seth, you and I talked about this yesterday. The Texans that have the most to gain by being in this primetime spot that the team has not been in, other than a couple Thursday night games the last couple of years, Philly last year, Carolina the year before. Other than that, this team has not played any primetime games. So if you're a Texans player, you compared to other peers of yours, you've been toiling in, in, in anonymity the last couple of years. Not anymore. On Saturday, these four will gain the most from this. You and I talked about this yesterday. Will Anderson has a huge opportunity here to create some serious, serious late season buzz to yeah. steal the defensive rookie of the year from Jalen Carter of the Eagles. And um, he's just, he's really taken a leap over these last few games where early in the season, he was getting close to the quarterbacks. Uh, a lot of times it was more just via power rush where he didn't really have a chance of actually hitting the quarterback, but at least he was getting close and putting some pressure on the quarterback. His his pass rush strategy and his technique with his hands and his ability to finish has just gone light years ahead over the second half of the season. So it's not just early in the season, you know, a lot of people would say, well, look, he's bound to have a bunch of sacks eventually because look at how close he's getting. It doesn't always work out that way. He needed to actually specifically approve a few things. He talked about that after the game on Sunday, just just how it wasn't good enough early in the year. It's really just going back and self-reflecting and looking in the mirror and saying, like, it's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, people can talk about, oh, double-team rate, oh, this and that. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not good enough. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you have to come and approach every day, like, how can I get better? And I think the coaches, we've been doing a really good job. We stay after practice about 10 minutes and just working little stuff, working edges, you know, working different angles, different moves, everything like that. Dude, they're, they're going to find out what a good dude Will Anderson is, too. I'm guessing he's going to be one of the players they trot into these production meetings before the game. Oh, and, that's and, a good and point. Joe Buck yeah. and Troy Aikman are going to be gushing about this kid, yeah. about how awesome a, he is. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's an excellent point, Sean, because his enthusiasm is infectious. Yep. You can't help but be uh, like Joe Buck will probably think he could get back out there on the field <laughs> and play quarterback. That's right. And, that's and, right. and, and Troy's going to have to remind him, like, no, I'm the, I'm the stud quarterback. You little clown, get out of here. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great cut from Will, though, because as you've pointed out, there were so many people when Will wasn't getting the quarterback on the ground that were clinging to the ESPN and next-gen stats like they were Bible verses. You know what I mean? Right, right, And right, Will yeah. right there is saying, no, like that's I don't care about win rate. I, yeah, and it was hard. Guys. I told you yesterday, it's tough because on the internet, you know, you're either the best rookie pass rusher ever or you're a complete and total bust. So if you try to talk about it with any kind of nuance at all, people thought I was hating on Will Anderson. I, I, I think I, I think Will Anderson and I were had the same assessment of Will Anderson in the first half of the season. Yep. He was doing some things really well, but he just, he had to learn how to finish and like, and he has. That's the, the really cool thing. He didn't take the off season after his rookie year or anything. He just keeps working at it and everything's really starting to click. Okay. Similarly, maybe not going for an, an award here necessarily, although he was just named a first alternate for the Pro Bowl. He's only played half the season. I think Derek Stingley Jr., he's second on my list for guys who have the most to gain from playing on a primetime stage. Um, he's intercepted a bunch of balls the second half of the year. Um, and it's kind of like Will with the sacks lately. That's been Stingley with the interceptions. But I think maybe he gets an opportunity to close some of the gap on the Sauce Gardner narrative as well mm -hmm. by playing on a stage like this. Uh, you know, Stingley's had a good season when he's been on the field. 
Sauce is still one of the best cornerbacks in the league, but the, the, the nation will get to see, like, hey, Stingley, the only thing that's been holding him back is health. He's just as good a player. He's got the potential to be just as good a player as Sauce Gardner if he can just stay on the field. Yeah, and I think that the thing about Stingley that's been really cool to see is just some of the parts where you know he's not going to make the highlight reel for or anything as a as a as a guy in coverage, but like that Derek Stingley or that Derek boy, there are three Derek's involved on this play, Sean. You're going to have to help me out here. Derek Henry direct snap. Yeah. Yep. The defensive end for the Texans, Derek um, um, Barnett. Yes, thank you. Barnett uh, d- did a great job. There are three Derricks on this play. It was a direct snap to Derek Henry. Derek Barnett uh, came down right and blew up the guard to bounce the play outside. Yep. And Derek Stingley came up. And his only job on that play is to turn the play back in. Usually if a defensive back is going to have to take on a tight end or an offensive lineman, he's just supposed to get get on the outside shoulder of that guy and turn the play back in. The week before, Derek Stingley hadn't done that. He just kind of he like tried to take the offensive lineman on head-on, <laughs> foolishly. But this week, he got upfield, turned the play back in, but then ended up like ducking under the tight end and making the tackle on Derrick Henry himself. So you want to talk about a thing that might be reason for Derrick Henry to consider retirement. He got wrapped up by a, by a defensive back uh, on a direct snap play yeah. by Derrick Stingley. And it was a really – like that was a part of him where you're like, okay, this kid, this kid gets it. You know, like he just he, – he, he fixed something that he had done wrong the week before. He's coming up and sacrificing his body versus the run to a certain extent. And he's gotten, he's gotten really intelligent in coverage. Yeah. You know, like he's always been – Obviously, very good in man coverage, yeah. um, but his understanding on how to play zone and when to jump routes and how to anticipate things has just increased tenfold. It's been really cool. It's been cool. He's sticking his nose in there. It's been great. Number three on my list, the four that have the most to gain with a primetime stage, Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick's name is, is still popping up pretty high on a lot of these watch lists for head coaching jobs. If they go out... And they hang 450 yards of offense in a win. They go out and score 30. You know, they win this thing 30 to 17. And CJ Stroud throws for 350 yards. And Derek Singletary has another great game. Um, stock up on Bobby Slowick on the head coaching. I don't know if he's going to take a head coaching job or even get offered one this offseason. But Slowick's got a chance to showcase himself in this game as well. I, I screwed you up. I'm sorry. Why? You just said Derek, Derek Singletary. Singletary. That's my fault. Oh, Devin Singletary. <laughs> oh, my God, you did. Yeah. Holy crap. It's like you, you coughed Derek's on me on or brain. something like that. No, it yeah. is. It's the Oilers because they started it with that. Or the, 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 oil, the Titans wannabe yeah. Oilers yeah. where they started with that oil, Derek. <laughs> that is exactly now I got what Derek's happened. All over the I place. had Derek on the brain. <laughs> Devin so, Singletary. So as soon as I said it, I'm like, did I just say Derek Singletary? I think I did. Um, yeah, I think that Slowick. I, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about Slowick leaving in the off season. I I kind of feel like I have zero evidence of this. Maybe it's just what I choose to believe that because Damian and Slowick both started out as quality control guys. You know, I've got this image of them sleeping in a broom closet, you know, on separate bunks and just uh, working 18 hours a day, you know, <laughs> coming up the hard way. And uh, like that, maybe they made a pact, like a, a pact that, hey, hey, if I get hired as a head coach, you're coming with me, but you got to give me like three good years, okay, before you go off and take a head coach. Do job. you think, do you think that pact worked both ways? We're slow. Yes. It's like, hey, look, if we draft a crappy quarterback, you got to hang on to me for at least three years so oh, I get this oh, check. Oh, yeah, like you're going to be devoted to Yeah, it's to a me. two-way pinky swear, man. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought of that. So, sorry, Sean. I don't, I don't plan on things going poorly. but uh, <laughs> I do all so, the time. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I wonder. No, but I do wonder if part of that with Slowick, I'm going to tell you this. The first thing I kept hearing about Slowick was like, ah, he's all about football and not a big people skills guy or whatever. You know, he's just all ball, all ball. He's going to hate the press conferences. Going to hate the press conferences. Slowick, 
hops up to the podium with a pep in his step. Oh, yeah. He's got a he's, great. he's got a laugh and a joke ready for everybody in the room. Um, he accepts the responsibility for mistakes that he makes. He's just forthright and honest and open. He's been awesome at the podium. That's what makes me the most nervous about teams wanting to swoop in and take him. And I know there's people listening right now who are like, yeah, but the run game this, or, you know, they, he, he decided to throw the ball before that interception when all they had to do was run against the Bengals. That, look, there were hiccups and glitches because he is a first-time coordinator. Right. I don't think that changes if if he leaves. You know, you get a new guy. If it's Gerard Johnson, there's going to be hiccups and changes with Gerard Johnson because he's never been a coordinator or a play caller in the NFL before. So I don't think it's as simple as like, okay, I've got these few little issues with Bobby Slowick. Step back for a moment and look at it and say, all right, whoever you want to credit, whoever, you know, whatever – that combo of C.J. Stroud and Bobby Sloak is working out really well. I don't want to mess with that right off the bat. I'd like one more year, and then C- Bobby's a better slow, uh, head coach candidate for his own purposes, and C.J.'s just more of an ingrained, hey, I can work with maybe multiple different guys type of NFL quarterback. Yeah, and maybe you get one more year to groom whoever the successor is, if it's Gerard yeah. Johnson, that kind of thing. All right, number four, four Texans who are benefiting the most from the primetime stage. Executive Vice President and General Manager Derek Casario. Um, no, sorry. <laughs> Nick Casario, sorry. <laughs> um, I almost corrected you like an idiot. Because <laughs> um, everyone knows about C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Like, if Nick wins Executive of the Year, it's going to be based on the turnaround of this team, the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, and draft night at the very top. But I think when teams get – or when fans and other – media members, when the country gets to sit down and watch the Texans for 60 minutes on Saturday, they're going to see all the moves that he's made on the margins this year that have helped the Texans kind of sustain this turnaround that they've had all year long. And I'm not even just talking about guys like Singletary and Schultz and all the one-year guys, Sheldon Rankins, all the guys, Jimmy Ward, who's not a one-year, well, Jimmy Ward's not going to play in this game, but all the little free agency moves that have largely worked out. These are guys, Seth, who weren't on the team at the beginning of the year that played a majority of the snaps in the win over the Titans. Khalil Davis played 87% of the snaps. Desmond King, who was on the team, off the team, and now back on the team, played 80% of the snaps. Derek Barnett was a waiver pickup. He played 69% of the snaps. DeAndre Houston Carson played two-thirds of the game at safety. Majai Sanders. These are, you know, he picked up Kareem Jackson and T.R. Tart, who gave you some good snaps. Like, Nick's made a lot of good moves from, like, week 11 on with this I, team. Um, I need to shut you down immediately. Why? And go ahead and keep calling him Derek Casario because, uh, okay, Sean, you remember it used to be that you'd get you'd get executive of the year and you'd be fired within, like, two years? That yeah. was the Yeah. They've had a better run of it as of late. Like, Howie Rosen, 2017 was when it first changed the turnaround because Howie Roseman won it in 2017. They would go on to win a Super Bowl within a – or go to a Super Bowl within a few years. Um and or and win a Super Bowl, but also uh, like he won it again last year. But there's the rub. Okay, it used to result in that individual getting fired. Yeah. As of late, the guy that wins it doesn't necessarily go on to have great things happen with his football team. Okay, so like Howie Roseman won won it last year. And now his team is in shambles towards the end of the year. They're falling apart, despite whatever the record is. Bill Belichick won it in 2021. Um, Brandon Bean in 2020, arguable. I mean, they just kind of tread water. John Lynch, again, treading water. But still, still, those are both still good teams. Um, And Chris Ballard won it in 2018. So the team has had a rough go of it since Chris Ballard won it. Before that, it used to be like, I'll go backwards from 2016. These are the guys that won the NFL GM of the year. Reggie McKenzie of the Raiders. Who? Uh, Mike McCagnin of the Jets. Jerry Jones of the Cowboys. Oh, my God. Worst GM in the history of football. Uh, John Dorsey of the Chiefs, left under mysterious circumstances. Ryan Grigson, old Grigo himself, piece of crap. Trent Balky from the 49ers. Scott Pioli from the Chiefs. Okay. My God. Bill Polian, he died. He died? Did he? Isn't he dead? Yeah, he's dead. I mean, he died like 10 years later, but he's dead. Bill Polian is? Yeah. Is he alive? He's alive, dude. Are you positive? Bill Polian is right. an American football executive. Is. How is he still alive? He's 81. <laughs> He's 81. Bill Polian's no, not dead. Are you positive? No, I'm well, Wikipedia. Who died? Says, no, no, no. Who died recently? I, I'll look it up to see is who Marv died. Is Marv Levy alive? 
He's still alive. Somebody isn't check he? on Levy. Yes. If Bill Polian outlives Marv Levy, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> you know why? History, you know yeah. why? Here's why. Ben, get it ready. The hockey, the go die. You think Bill Polian's dead because you wanted him to die because of the 10 minute overtime. Go die, everybody. Because he, he reduced overtime. He had the idea to make overtime Sean, 10 minutes to make it safe Sean, for everybody. If length of time that I've wanted somebody to die mattered for whether or not they're still alive. All right. There'd be, there'd be a lot less people in this world. Okay? <laughs> He's Thanos. <laughs> Seth <laughs> Thanos, everybody. Seth thought Thanos was ah, right. Hold on. All right. <laughs> All right. We got to get out. We're over. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Um, the uh, well, let's let's revisit Bobby Slowick. Seth just talked about it. Bobby got smoked me for a minute there. Bob, Bobby Slowick. Um, on C.J. Stroud. Is somebody writing a Slowick column? I think so, because D'Amico got an inordinate number of Slowick questions. Every other question was about Slowick. On Tuesday. We will revisit that as well. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beauty Rest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies and the rankings of beach style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, Thursday. Good to be with you. Texans Colts Saturday night, 715 right here on Sports Radio 610. Um, you brought this up yesterday, Seth, off the air. Um, what? Well, that somebody, you can tell if somebody's writing a column about somebody by how oh, kind yeah. of off the wall the questions are, like how, yeah. like, like okay, that's, that doesn't feel like an Indianapolis Colts game type it's, of question right there. Well, it's one thing I always find, usually it's relevant because a lot of times somebody will be writing a, a story about a specific player, so they'll ask like three questions about that player, but the people who aren't listening to the entire press conference, all they hear and see are these, all these quotes about like, wow. D'Amico was talking a lot about Denzel Perryman this week or whoever. And and it takes on a life of its own where people are like, well, boy, he really loves him. He hasn't talked at all about this guy. It happened the week of, damn it, it happened the week that Case Keenum started uh, for, against the Titans. They, the coaches were only asked questions about Davis Mills the entire week. And then people started saying, well, of course it's Davis Mills. That's all they've talked about. Yeah, they didn't offer that up. Anyway, yeah, so, it's, so anyway, there's some slow questions asked this week. There were slow questions asked. Let's get to a couple of them here. Here was D'Amico Ryans on the pairing of Slowick and C.J. Stroud. Yeah, offense has done a really nice job all throughout the year, uh, starting with Bobby just as he's led the offense, right, through many different guys being in. I think it first it starts there, just being able to manage all right, the roster and being able to work with whoever is available right, and still finding a way to get it done. Right? It's not always the way you would like to have it, but he's found a way. Right, to put our playmakers in position to make plays. And CJ, what Bobby has done, and the offensive staff, Gerard, Coach Laser, all the guys just working well together. And that's what we're about, just being collaborative in everything we do, and that's paid off for us. Every time, every time that we get into the topic of the Texans coaching staff and the grooming of CJ Stroud and how they've done and just how organized it is, you know, that it's Slowick's done a great job. And there's Gerard. Bill, they mentioned Bill Lazor as well. D'Amico does there. I immediately think if Bryce Young 
ever hears any of these quotes from a Texans press conference about how oh, awesome gosh. everything is in that room. Yeah. And everybody's simpatico, including the backups. Case Keenum's like another coach in the room. And you got Bryce Young, who's head coach got fired, quarterback coach fired, kept another guy around. You know, like <laughs> owners got, throwing they, things at they people. Stuck him, they, basically, they stuck him with like affable and uh, moral Urban Meyer. Like that's what Frank Reich was. Yeah, it's like Urban Meyer, except if he was a nice personality and wasn't um, wasn't uh, d- d- morally aberrant. Mm-hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? A scumbag. Bankrupt. So yeah, yeah. morally bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. Morally yeah. bankrupt. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. So that's what he uh, he has a wasted season. I don't know if he's learned anything this year. Uh, I mean, he's he's learned more. He's learned more than Trevor Lawrence did. Um, but I don't know how much he's actually learned. No, and he's going to have to unlearn some things too. Probably they're going to bring in a whole new coaching staff next year. Like yeah. with CJ, there's going to be the, even if Bobby Slowick takes a head coaching job, there's going to be a degree of continuity for CJ Stroud. This is what you know. What uh, one nice thing that's happened with CJ that I'm, I'm really glad to have seen happen was it was driving me crazy during the draft process last year. Not in a way where like it was just driving me crazy that it wasn't being talked about that CJ's mechanics were so much better than Bryce Young and that Bryce Young did have to do some things that I don't know if he had to do it, but he would do it to make up for his stature. Perhaps his footwork was just kind of janky in the way that it it felt like he had to do to try to get position to throw the ball. Um, And this is a guy who had like all the – best quarterback tutors and was the chosen one from very early on. And I'm always astounded that people think it's as simple as like, oh, well, when he gets to the NFL, they'll fix that. Like, wait a second. (laughs) The guy's had an entire lifetime leading up to this point. He's been playing quarterback in earnest for a decade now, and it's not anywhere near as good as C.J. Stroud, the kid who learned most of his by watching Drew Brees on YouTube. You know, like, so so why? how how are you going to fix that? When a guy is drafted in May and then has to show up to minicamp two weeks later and start learning an offense, yeah, that's like a that's a offseason. That's what with Josh Allen it happened. Like after his second year, everything started to click for him mechanically, and he became a better player. But that's not something that happens the first year, and it's also just a it's kind of a testament to the fact that all right, some guys are going to do it on their own, and Bryce Young with his psychologist daddy and everybody telling him he's just the the little eyes as wide as the Sphinx Prince his entire life couldn't be bothered to actually learn good mechanics. Right. Uh, like, I don't what why it's almost honestly, Sean, to me, that's like giving people are nervous about giving 30 million guaranteed to a guy that's got character issues. I'm nervous about giving 30 million guaranteed to a guy who hasn't bothered really fixing his mechanics yep. um, before I give him that $30 million. Yep. Um, Bobby Slowick met with the media yesterday. This is a good one right here. This is Bobby Slowick on C.J. Stroud's controlled aggression. The biggest thing when you just play that position that we talk about all the time is controlled aggression um, because you got to be willing, like when, when the look presents itself, when the hole's there, you got to be ready to rip it, um, which is a mindset. It's also a technique. It's also footwork. Um, it's reps that have been built and trust that have been built with the receivers that are running the routes. So that that's like the – number one thing we talk about but then it's it's quickly followed by what if it's not the right time you know what if the hole is just too small what if um a receiver just on this particular rep didn't win or you know what if you thought it was going to be a look and they rolled to something else and, and being able to control those situations and still make a profit on the play still make it a positive play um, get a completion somewhere gain yards move forward i mean that that really is is what defines an efficient offense, you know, when you're able to stay ahead of the sticks. Uh, when you get on first and ten, instead of getting stuck in a second and ten, you get to a second and six. Like, that's a massive difference for how we can approach the next play. Dude, that's so right. When it was going bad earlier this year, the Texans and CJ would point it out, like openly point it out, like, yeah, we're just we're in third and twelve way too much, <laughs> you know? And and a lot of that had to do with the running game too. Like they couldn't run the football. And they were trying to run the football. That was the frustrating part. They were willingly, seemingly, putting themselves in second and 11 all the time, you know? Yeah. And uh, him talking about CJ, you know, having the ability to understand that. In one of his other quotes, he talks about just CJ being open to all that stuff. It's one thing to be open to it. It's another to, to learn how to do it and see it and everything. And that's the part that 
the the fact that he can throw deep as much as he does without throwing interceptions and you know and he'd be the first to tell you he gets a little bit lucky early in the season with that um but there's a judgment there and a maturity that's probably really nice for an offensive coordinator to work with imagine you get handed Jake Cutler or somebody that just a thinks he knows <laughs> it all and b is just wired to be reckless. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. like they're like, oh, okay, I'm smarter than you because I went to Vanderbilt, and all, and you're just a stupid football coach. And also, look, have you seen my cannon? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip it. I don't care whether you think it's a, a, an appropriate rip or not. There'll be ripping. There'll be tearing. <laughs> That's, Jay Cutler <laughs> That's a good Jake Cutler. I like that. Um, here's one more from Slowick on what his job is to do relative to the wide receiving core for the team. Specifically receivers. Our group, really, all of them have unique skills and talents. And they all kind of fit pieces of a puzzle, you know. And they do things at elite levels very well. And, and my job and, and our job as the offensive coaching staff is really to help make sure we highlight those areas. And I think all of the guys in that room have really taken that and ran with it and they've wanted to showcase what they're really good at and they've wanted to work on things that they know are a weakness and they need to improve and they've done that through the course of 18 17 weeks whatever it's been now and, and we got to continue that this upcoming week obviously with with the challenge we have ahead of us i hate cuts about the wide receiving core you know why seth <laughs> you, can, you can't stop thinking about tank yes now. yeah it makes me sad he's like uh it's like those, those camping world ads were for me. I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about buying an RV. Same thing. You, you hear clips about the se- <laughs> about the receiving receivers. Court. You can't stop thinking about Tank Dell. <laughs> I got Tank on the brain, yes. Were you happy to see Tank Dell? Have you seen the video yet of Tank Dell walking out? Walking out and, and, and yeah. walking out and firing the cannon? I did. I did. did it, you, it, you and I were up in the press. Or have we not made it up to the press box yet? I don't know. I, I don't remember. I didn't yeah, see okay. it. I didn't see it. Just I didn't see it live. Yeah. I saw the video of it. I don't know what the timing of it was. You and I could have very well been piling our plates of chicken parmesan at that point, too. Oh, that's right. They had the chicken parm. They had the chicken oh, parm. Yeah. They had a chicken parm in a carving station up in the press box. I know all of you listening care deeply about this. It's very important. No, it's important that they know that I avoided sweets successfully for the first time ever on game day. Yes. I didn't have a single bit of refined sugar, Sean. Great job, Seth. Good for you. Probably going to, I'm not going to die like Bill Polian did. <laughs> Okay. Before my time, Napoleon's not dead. Too soon, <laughs> too be... soon. <laughs> not dead. Napoleon dies. I'm going to come on the air. The irony would be like, a why Bill... God. Bill po- why? The irony would be Bill Polian actually dying today from eating 13 ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> that would be the irony. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday. Texans Colts Saturday night. Be there 7:15. Well, don't if you're if you're going to Indy. In fact, let's touch on that. A lot of you guys going up to Indy. How are you guys watching this game? On Saturday, I want to touch on that. A lot of you weighed in. I put up a poll. How are you guys watching this game? And we've got a national championship game coming here on Monday. I am curious which scenario Seth would like to see happen in this game as it pertains to one James Harbaugh. That Mm. is next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. We'll get to 8 at 8 at the top of the hour. Top 8 headlines for the day. Get your day going. I am... I was curious yesterday, you know, that we haven't had a game like this in a long time here in Houston. 7-15, Saturday night, primetime game, big stakes. Uh, yeah. Winner is is in, loser is out. It's basically a playoff game. But having it at night, especially on a Saturday, I mean, rarely do you get a Saturday football game or Saturday NFL game, period. And the Texans and when, have the prime spot here. Yeah, when the Texans get a Saturday game, it's, a, it's the early Saturday afternoon wild Correct. card slot. Um, for a while there, it was dubbed the Texans time slot. That's right. Because Bill O'Brien did a good job of getting to the playoffs, but it would usually be on a Saturday afternoon in the wild card <laughs> always, slot. Always, always, yeah. yeah. So um, so a Saturday night, I mean, like, this is unique. You you don't have to go to, most of you don't have to go to work the next day and so forth. I was just curious, like, how are people going to watch this? And got about 1,400, 1,500 people voting on a poll I just threw up there yesterday while I was hanging out. And I said, uh, I said how, how slash where... Do you plan on watching the Texans-Colts de facto playoff game on Saturday night? Been a while since we've had a game like this. And the four choices, Seth, sports bar, home watch party with friends. Mm-hmm. I put quietly at home. A lot of people said, I'm not going to be quiet. I'm going to be yelling at yeah. the TV. 
by quietly yeah. at home, I meant like just you and your wife, or you and your husband, or you and a you and you you know just you and the family kind of. So, thing. Yeah, you didn't consult me on this poll, but yeah, I would have told you to leave the quietly out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But it's, there's only 25 characters. It's hard for me to go at home with the fam, and then it just says fam. Which is well, at home is an option too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but 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 I have home watch party, and then quietly at home. Oh, I got I got. See you. what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and then other. So uh, the most of the people plan on watching it. Air quotes, quietly at home. 61.9% are just hanging at home on a Saturday night, and they're going to watch the Texans game, presumably with their family and yelling at the TV. Yeah, yeah, without uh, without about a huge watch party or anything. Watch party? I wonder, that's probably about, I wonder about that. Like, what percentage of normal, I wonder what percentage of viewing on a normal Sunday game is at home. I would guess it's like 80% at least. Yeah. I don't think that many people. I mean, obviously, a lot of people go to sports bars, but I think the, the majority are sitting at home and watching. Uh yeah, twenty three percent for this poll said they're watching like like a what like le- legit like getting together with friends at a house somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- that that felt a little high to me. I think it's good. You know, a lot of it's te- good. Yeah, well, the Texans are bringing people together. Absolutely. One of Casario's uh, stated goals when he got here, he said, "Listen, I'm a people person, and what I care about more than anything above wins and losses." Belichick always used to tell me this. Hey, hey, Nikki. It's not about the wins, the losses, the Lombardies. It's about bringing people together. It's the okay? fellowship. And he would say that he was as he was holding my hand. And he wasn't. It was weird at first when Belichick would want to sit and hold your hand while he was talking to right. you. But after a while, you realize that he just he craves human connection. That's what he's all about. That's right. That's right. Um, the funniest reply that I got to this poll, I got several. The funniest reply that I got to it. Oh, I gotta find it here. Crap. Uh, where are you? Reply. Where are you? Funny reply. Oh, here it is. <laughs> this is from Black Lion on Twitter. <laughs> Man, I gotta watch the game at home. I already told my wife and kids this Saturday night is my night. Go hang out with the girls because I don't need no woman telling me the players can't hear me. Damn it, oh, so- LMA. <laughs> so Black Lion clearly a guy who yells at the TV. Yeah, that's uh now okay. So for his particular scenario, it's a woman in his life who says that. I yeah. feel like there are there's uh there's there's way more guys than there should be that um, will also do the same thing. Like they can't. If, it's any non-sports fan, really, right? It's any non-sports fan that wants to tell people they can't hear you. I. That's a. I think Black Lion might need to go to some counseling with his spouse there because that's that's a. There's a disconnect between humans there. If somebody if somebody can't understand you getting like passionate enough to want to you know yell instructions to somebody on a screen, I I don't know. There's something missing there. There's something missing. What's your? Are you like? You, what's your trigger? I guess as far like how. How bad does something have to be for you to yell at the TV? Do you yell at the TV a lot when you're watching Texans games and other games that you're invested in? Oh, that's a good question. You yell at Not the as TV much guy? anymore. Yeah, me no. neither. Yeah. I told you my nephew that refused to come to our Christmas Day dinner um, because he was mad at the Texans last week. He was like, <laughs> Did you he tell wouldn't. Me about this? Yeah, I remember my brother-in-law. I asked my brother-in-law if Ryan was coming because he's a big Texans fan, and uh, Dusty told me. <laughs> He quoted him. He said, no, because Dusty had said to Ryan, like, hey, you can go and talk to Seth about the Texans. Ryan said, I've got nothing to talk to him about. (laughs) And that was it. He's uh, deeply competitive and he works. So Ryan works as a dishwasher in my in Dusty's uh, bar and grill. Oh, the bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So but (laughs) he could hear Ryan during the game, (laughs) during the Texans game, screaming, screaming at the TV. Like the people up in the restaurant could hear Ryan screaming at the TV. No way. That was the the Christmas Eve game against the Yeah, the Christmas Eve game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was after the go because he was he was really mad at me, I guess, because I was okay with Case Keenum getting the start where he thought it should be Davis Mills. And, um, and so he was mad at me to begin with, and then that game didn't do any better. So during the, during the, the, during the game, he was yelling loud enough from down in it, their restaurant. The kitchen and everything is downstairs. Like they could still area, hear him? And they could still hear him, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that he's – I love that – I'm assuming he's a Texans fan because of your time playing for them yeah, yeah. and now he's covering an, them. I, I love that he's – really Bill's country. Yeah, you know? I love that he's still that passionate about them. 
living up oh, there. Oh yeah, that's really. Oh cool. no, he's super. He and his sister both are like super, my my other my niece. They're super competitive. Yeah. Like it, to to a point where you you admire it, but you also worry about him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like at some point you're gonna. Hey, hey, kid, I got like I I got. I got to tell you something. You're going to get some L's in life, man. <laughs> yeah. They're going to come fast and furious at times. It's funny. I just love that they could hear him in the kitchen yeah. downstairs <laughs> in the basement. They could still hear him. Um, so we've got a um, we have a national championship game coming up here at NRG Stadium on Monday. Michigan and Washington. Um, number one and number two team in the country. I know a lot of you around here wanted Texas in there. I get it. Ticket brokers primarily wanted Texas in there. I get it. But we have Michigan and we have Washington. So, Seth, one of two things is going to happen. We're either going to get Michigan or Washington winning the national championship, but we are going to see one of two things happen when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. And I'm curious which one oh, yeah. you find to be more intriguing on Monday. Because I don't, I have no dog. I literally don't care who wins this game. I have no dog in the fight. I may end up betting on it, and that will drive who I care when. If Michigan wins, good for you. If Washington wins, good for you. I do not have a strong feel one way or the other. I don't, I don't hate I don't hate either of these teams enough to, to have a passionate feel for who I want to win. But Jim Harbaugh is a very polarizing figure. Jim Harbaugh is somebody that does get people worked up. And I'm curious which you would rather see. Would you rather see Jim Harbaugh, noted cheater, get his comeuppance, <laughs> get his comeuppance against Washington and lose this game? Or would you rather see Jim Harbaugh, noted cheater and college football villain, get the trophy handed to him amidst a confetti storm and watch the internet burn to the ground? Hmm. And every talking head on ESPN in all their sanctimony burns to the ground. The, uh, oh, I just got to remember it here. Or can I frame it as, uh, this is when Neuheisel finally gets his comeuppance. I'm not sure. I, the, the University of Washington has a, has a scandal ridden past, but most of these kids weren't even alive <laughs> back then. Does Neuheisel play the bracket pool? <laughs> he got fired. Sean, yeah. cheating is cheating. There was probably more going on there, if we're being honest. But back to There Harbaugh. was actually a, like, from like the 90s, it was yeah. kind of crazy with it. Yeah. So anyway, I was joking there. Um, I'm, I'm torn on this honestly there's a part of me that i i don't like seeing uh i don't like see john and jim's dad t- uh yelling who's got it better than us nobody and it annoys me it annoys me dude I, i'm i'm tired of it i saw enough of it during the super bowl between john and jim and i don't i don't need any more of it in my life so i feel guilty about that this has been kind of a i'm coming off like this anti-old guy today between thinking that Bill Polian was dead and other reasons. But there's that. I also, I don't, I'm trying to think of like what it's been like for the Astros who had to deal with like years and years and still have to deal with years and years of people making accusations or what have you and all the stigma that comes with winning a championship while there's any kind of scandal like this. Um, And I feel like it's almost like you could – if you don't like Harbaugh, you should wish that he does win this championship because it'll be he'll be harassed about it the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, I would actually like to see. I don't, and I'm so sick and tired. I'm so honestly sick and tired of talking about various cheating scandals that I, I like. I don't want him to win just because of that. I was just like, it's not even a moral standard statement. I'm just, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of Astros talk. Well, it, it would, it would certainly bring the Astros back into some degree of conversation, right? Like if, yeah. you know, the, if they win the title, similar to the Astros winning the title, I, I guess though, the, to me, the difference between the two, the 2017 world series title with the Astros. And if Michigan were to go on to win this is that, Michigan's cheating presumably got shut down during the season this year, and they still went on to win all their games. You know what I mean? Whereas the Astros, you know, they were still cheating all the way up through the championship in 2017. You know, there's always, there's always going to be people saying, yeah, they were cheating in the World Series. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the Michigan, as far as we know, is not cheating to beat Alabama, and then if they go on to beat Washington, you know? They, they, they won't have to deal with that part. I think, you know, getting this, there, obviously. The, you know what's going to be funny is the silliest and dumbest part of all of this is that it's just for various liability purposes, they don't use the headsets in the, the, the radios in college helmets. And I'd like, don't ask me to explain the legal stuff to you. It's just because it, it, voids the, it, it somehow voids the guarantees of the manufacturer or whatever. I don't know how the NFL gets around it, whatever. Um, 
Like I would imagine that might change by next year mm-hmm. because there's a, look at what happened with baseball. Lance McCullers was one of the guys who was complaining about the sign stealing the most after the World Series in 2017 because remember everybody was the Dodgers were paranoid, the Astros were paranoid. That led both teams to trying to take various measures, but also there were so many cross signs. In, in in those and it took forever Dude. with the mound visits and everything. Ugh. So what? Do, so now what do we have? We got the pitch com. Yeah, like it just it, it, people said. All right, if we're gonna make the easiest thing in the world banging on a trash can a uh, potential form of cheating, yeah. that's gonna be a huge scandal. All right, let's just use technology to get rid of it. Yep. Um, I would I would like to see if I had to pick one of these. I would pick Harbaugh getting the trophy in the confetti storm and watching the powers that be have to hand. A cheater, the trophy. I I love that visual when stuff like that happens. That yeah, that because it's that's the wrestling fan in me. You know what I mean? Like it's you know. You the, think oh, so you're hoping for like Harbaugh to do a kind of like a bury me upside down so they can kiss my ass. Yeah, I don't know too. if he'll, I I don't know if he'll, well I'm here for the reaction more than anything just to yeah. see to see p- people who have done plenty of bad things in their lives point at this like it's the end of the world. Jim Harbaugh getting a damn trophy at NRG Stadium. So I'm I'm here for the reaction. That would be a bonus, what you just talked about. If we got a Bobby Knight moment out of Jim Harbaugh where he told the world to bury him upside down and kiss his ass, that would be a bonus. I'm not expecting that. In fact, Seth, I don't know if you saw the post game after the Rose Bowl when Harbaugh was up on the stage with whoever was doing the presentation up there. He answered one question and got the hell out of there. I forget who oh, it was. Yeah. It might have been Reese Davis doing the interview. It was Reese Davis. He's doing the interview. Harbaugh does one, you know, who's got it better than us? And then takes off, and Reese Davis is like, "Okay, well, I guess uh, I guess we're going to talk to some of the players here." And you know, Harbaugh wanted to get out of there before anything got brought up about the sign stealing. You know, he's just getting out. You of know, there. the whole um, you mentioned, you know, the people uh, passing judgment despite the various sins they've created, they've committed in their lives. I I don't really worry about the hypocrisy of that anymore because that is that's hardwired into humans yeah. that like, okay, you enjoy CP, seeing people get their comeuppance. That's uh, from like it's actually one of the when they hook brain monitors up to people. That's one of the most pleasurable things people, people experience when they see somebody get their just desserts. I yeah, get that. oh, they love it. They love it. Yeah. Um, and that goes that probably goes back to like our tribal roots of when you're living in a like it's important for people. Like you gotta hold people to tough standards sure. and everything. And yeah, um, as far as the- if somebody in, in Harbaugh, if Harbaugh you know commits a crime against a tribe. You cast him out into the woods on yep. his own, yep. where he'll die within days uh, <laughs> if he's unaffiliated. Or he goes to the Chargers, one or the other, yeah. same thing. Um, Stephen A. Smith was complaining yesterday on First Take about complaining about doing what I'm, I'm, I would imagine viewers and listeners hate. Like, And I know we do it sometimes. Like media personalities complaining about the things that are thrust upon them in having to do their job, such as... Los Angeles, rush hour, traffic. Literally, you get off the highway, right? So traffic is backed oh, up for a mile no. trying to get up the exit. But let me help you. Can you ask me a question? Please let me answer. We're going on the highway, right? The traffic is backed up. And then you know how you got to make a right, right? And then a quick left, right? And that makes traffic. But there's a light there. So that makes traffic. When you make the right, you got to stop in the light. And then you make a quick right. And then the light's right there. And then you make a quick left. And the right like this. And it's only one lane. And 100,000 people. I mean, damn. And listen, at some point Stephen in time, Stephen you, you, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to get Follow to the me. damn game. And I'm just Follow saying. Me, I, I, I swear me. to you. I Follow swear me. to y'all. And, and this me. is bushy. Hold on. This is bushy. But I'm going to say it. Bougie. I swear to y'all, if I could have, I'd have took a helicopter in there. I'd have took a helicopter. If they'd have let me. See, if they'd have let me, I'd have took a helicopter. Just, so, just say this. Traffic say is that bad. As opposed to other people who uh, just would turn down the helicopter. As well. Hey, I swear. I swear. Hey. If, Except if, you know Stephen <laughs> A is legit asking for a helicopter next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I, I like the way he framed it almost like, hey, believe it or not, I would take the far more convenient alternative. I'd do it. I would do it. Uh, I would do it. I, I think do it. the tell <laughs> it, the tell was the acknowledgement that it's bougie. That, that's yeah. the tell that he's legit going to ask for a helicopter. They must not time. have a helipad, though, where he was going. That's the problem. Right. That's, it's not well, that that's, he couldn't take the helicopter. It's he, like that he would have spent the money. To to do it, it's just that they couldn't because there's there's no helipad. He also complained, and I the, the 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 cut would have just gotten a little too long. He also complained that the Rose Bowl should be played at SoFi yeah. Stadium 
instead uh-huh. of Pasadena. Oh, instead of the actual Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah. The, instead of the actual Rose That's what they've done with the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl, they play yeah. at, at Jerry World now. Um, but it should be played at SoFi Stadium, in part because I believe you can land a helicopter there. Because they got all the NFL see, Network guys coming in and out of there. I didn't look at that as like him complaining specifically about his media job. I felt like that was just commiserating with anybody that has to deal with traffic. I don't know. You know? I, I, like, I think anytime, like, yeah, maybe. Like, traffic is something that's common to all of us. Like, the, the, the more specific thing would be, like, you and I complaining about the food in a press box or something like right, that. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You Talking know, like, about, like, the into detail about exactly yeah, the, just, the difficult part of the job. The traffic is the traffic. Yeah. That's a, it's a, that's, the most Maybe. equalizing thing for everybody. Yeah, when you're stuck unless you have a police escort through the traffic. You're stuck there like everybody else. I don't know. And if you got a fancy car, there's a there's a good chance you're not going to get let in. Yeah, yeah, rich sob. Maybe. I mean, there's probably <laughs> yeah. a lot of people going. You are going to the Rose Bowl for free. Okay, that that is your ultimate destination. It's not like you're driving to the hardware store or something like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Uh, if pay- I'm Stephen A, honestly, he works like he works really really long hours where he has to be there like on time or early a lot so uh, i can I, I can i feel like anybody that uh, has a similar lifestyle could commiserate with that yeah yeah stop <laughs> stop picking on Stephen a sean i'm tired of this being the, love, the Stephen a hate show i love get Stephen back a. to bill polian let's get the headlines celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of colors starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster tempur-pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.